Welcome to the Senya Happy Hour, where you get one hour of learning in less than 30 minutes. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for you all to hear today's podcast. Today, I speak with Pat Noonan, a special educator from Massachusetts, who, during the early days of online instruction, found a way to create lessons for his students that are engaging, interactive, and fun. Pat created a series of YouTube videos that have a Blue's Clues or Dora the Explorer type feel, but uses board maker icons, which help support nonverbal learners, autistic students, and, well, basically all students. Pat is an animated host and dedicated teacher. I hope you have as much fun with this episode as I did. And now, on to the show. Hi, Lori. I'm so glad to be here. Love your energy. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Pat Noonan, and I am a special educator from New England. I'm actually from Haverhill, Massachusetts, but now I'm working in Methuen, Massachusetts, which is about a half an hour south of Boston. Oh, I'm sorry, north of Boston. Ah, uh, we can tell by yeah. your accent where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. It's a little giveaway. Uh, and so, yeah, so I... I pursued music for a long time in my younger days and then moved on to special education in my older days. And that's where I've been ever since. And I have a, a strong love and passion for both music and special education. So how long have you been a special education teacher? I have been a special educator for, it's either nine or 10 years. So we'll say nine to be safe. So that I'm definitely not overstating. Okay. So you're teaching in a school district in your state, I'm assuming? Yeah, well, I work at a collaborative, so we serve multiple districts in the surrounding area. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, so we... Yeah, go on. I was just going to say that we get a lot of the students that the public system is unable to serve well. So then we, we receive those students. Okay. But these from many different sources just kind of scattered throughout it's so it's more severe but it's it's actually a mix it's hard to hard to put to describe well because it serves such a wide population of students but my particular program we we're the life skills classroom for the more severe needs gotcha okay so back in may just a little backstory for our listeners back in may um or April, or I'm not really sure what month because of COVID. Um, so yeah. I was scrolling through a special educators group on Facebook that I belong to, and I came across a post by you sharing a video you had made for your students. Um, okay. It was about making pizza. Uh, so I watched it, and I was super excited about it. Can you describe it for us? Yes. Yeah, that, that's the one that started it all, because <laughs> when we got the word that school was canceled indefinitely that we were going to have to do it remotely. That was a, a, a tough hit for a lot of special educators out there because it's so crucial to be there in person to be able to guide the student in, in whichever way that student requires. And a lot of that being able to physically be there makes a big difference. So the idea of continuing the school year from home, what seemed like such a daunting task. And at first it was very discouraging, but I had to then remember that educators are some of the most resilient people on earth. And especially when our students' welfare is at stake, 
we tend to rise to the occasion at all costs. If it means emptying our bank account to make a sweet looking classroom or whatever the case, <laughs> we'll, we'll do what it takes. And so I, I wanted to get behind that attitude and not give in to that sort of defeated attitude. So I was given um, through, through my school access to Boardmaker online for the first uh -huh. time. Now that was a big deal to me because I love Boardmaker, but I had never had personal access like that to, to the entire database. So given that, I thought, hey, if I was able to embed the Boardmaker images directly into video that I make, I could then make worksheets that perfectly match the visuals from the video. It would, it would be once kind of like an enhanced lesson versus what I had tried in the past. So it was, it was, one, it was like a, a spark of an idea, but I wasn't quite sure where it was going to take me. And so at the same time, my, my particular classroom at school was encouraging the staff to make videos of doing everyday tasks, whether it be sorting laundry or making pizza or really literally anything that you could imagine, just so that the students had a window in to some of their, their staff that they really care about, be able to see them and then potentially just see the modeling of those tasks done appropriately and be able to benefit from that. So that was what that was the inspiration for, okay, well, I make, make repeats all the time. I could easily do that. <laughs> and it was easy in my mind to sort of break down, okay, the steps of what that would look like. And so it was once I added the board maker piece to it that then I got really excited about it. And once I'm the kind of person that when I get really excited about something, you, there's no stopping me for the most part. So I basically for the next 14 days, I filmed that video multiple, the first time I had my wife filming me with my cell phone and we went through, we, did the whole video, and then after looking at it, I had to scrap it all. It was no good. Then I went to a tripod with a different camera, and I started writing a script. And once I made those changes, then it started coming together and looking much more like I had my mind. And so once I had that accomplished, that was how do I actually edit these, these board maker symbols into the video in a way that the kid is going to want to actually keep watching? Because if, if I just throw it up on the screen, I was afraid it was going to be it wouldn't, it wouldn't have the same impact. So I wanted to add sound effects and animation to the, the board maker symbols themselves in, in order to try to make them come alive and be that much more noticeable to the student watching them. So then after the fact, when they were doing the worksheet, trying to match the vocabulary symbols, they have something to kind of have anchored onto back when they were watching it. And the other thing I wanted to kind of incorporate was I have many students that when they watch YouTube for pleasure, they will watch the same 15 to 20 seconds over and over again. Sometimes uh -huh. and it's not always the same 15 to 20 seconds. I haven't found a, a specific pattern to it, but I have found that that happens very regularly. So I wanted to create the videos in such a way that you could watch the same 15 to 20 seconds and still be able to get something out of those 15 to 20 seconds. That is brilliant. I, yeah, I have a student that does that exact same thing. He will push play. He'll watch about 10 seconds, go back to the beginning, watch it again, go back to the beginning, watch it again. And <laughs> yeah. it's just been always a mystery to me. Like, why does he do that? What, what is the function? What, what's the purpose of this? So I love how he can learn something from it if, in that short amount of time. Good planning. Totally. <laughs> well, Thank you. what I'd like to do now is play a clip of your, okay. um, your video. Um, this one is you're teaching students why they should 
wear their masks during Aha, COVID. the COVID-19 video. Yeah, yeah. So I'll play a clip and then okay. let's, let's chat about it. Yes. The good news is the germs in your nose and in your mouth won't hurt you. The bad news is the germs in your nose and in your mouth might hurt somebody else. That's why everyone needs to block their own germs from coming out somehow. Do you know what you can use to block your germs from coming out of your nose and your mouth? Is it a pencil? A hamburger? Or a mask? A mask blocks germs from coming out of your nose and your mouth. You're right! All right, that was my video COVID-19 hand washing and masks. That was the fourth video that I've made. So this video focused on COVID-19, the things that I thought mattered most to my students, which is wearing a mask, getting comfortable with a mask and understanding on some level what, why they're wearing the mask, how to wash hands in a, in a way that's effective, but not just uh, the same old boring thing and a way to communicate don't touch your face without making it uh, well, like keeping it fun or almost like a game sort of vibe. Because th this is the thing that part of the big challenge making these videos for me is where you've got to compromise. Where do you want to put the focus? So with the masks, I wanted to uh, on the outset, I wanted to incorporate all types of information about the masks being able to potentially block other people's germs out. And, uh, and, and talk about masks not being scary. And I, I had a couple different angles I wanted to go with masks, but ultimately the thing that I decided was most important was to get across that if you wear your mask, your germs will stay in. And that right. I thought that concept was straightforward enough that if pushed the right way, that could get through. It might be enough that for a, a student that's on the fence about masks that maybe doesn't like them but doesn't hate them could see that and potentially say, okay, well now I can at least appreciate visually what's happening i'll i'll try it and, and then with the don't touch your face i just i i took on the role of hey everybody i am trying to stop touching my face please help me remember not to touch my face and so throughout the video whenever my hand is reaching towards my face i have a, a big crowd of people <laughs> tell me don't touch your don't face, touch your face. <laughs> <laughs> exactly i was watching it yesterday with my son and again he's very um he's got severe autism and um okay. nonverbal he loved that yes. part he would laugh and yell don't touch your face um at the same <laughs> time so it was great and then so when you were giving the choices of um i think it was a pencil what what can you wear on your face you said a right. pencil a hamburger and a mask um yes. and you showed the board maker symbols at those times yes. Gave some time time to think, and um, he chose mask. So that was cool. I mean, um, oh, so I wanted I, I want it. you to know that kids are responding to it, right? Um, well, that's the best. Yeah, it was great, and it's just so creatively done. It kind of reminds me of um, when my kids were young and Blues Clues was on. There was always that yes. kind of like, you know, choice and and um, time to think about something, and and that interact activity between the host and the kids, which I always loved when they were kids. And now I feel like you're bringing it back. So yeah, well, I'm so glad you said that because if I rewind back to that point on the timeline, when I, I first married the board maker symbols with the this educational video idea, 
that was one of the things I started researching was why is it that in programs like Blue's Clues and Door of the Explorer, is there some sort of scientific reason behind them consistently giving the audience an opportunity to respond? And I thought that I had remembered something about that in the past. And so after looking into it, there's a, there's a lot of studies that show that when a student actually responds to a video, especially out loud, the retention skyrockets mm. of whatever they're taking in. So making it interactive in that way was something I really wanted to prioritize as something to make it more effective for our population. If, if I could get them to buy in enough to be willing to actually talk back to me, talk yeah. to the computer. That that, and so that, that's definitely the goal. And that was the thing with the don't touch your face, ho hoping that if I made it goofy enough and put it in the right way that they might just want to say it along and then inadvertently now they've got those words in the head don't touch your face yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah and so but with the with the symbols just like with the the um those three choices that we got for the mask that to be able to bring up those choices and then mirror that in the worksheet later on that reinforces it that much more yeah perfect and you provide the worksheets yes for every video i create uh a couple worksheets that directly accompany the vocabulary used in the in the video and that's right in the video description of every video sometimes you have to hit show more it's kind of hidden but right. once you hit show more all the links come up cool and we'll of course put these links in our show notes so you use board maker you've talked about yes. board maker for those listeners that might not know what board maker is can you just give us a brief explanation Totally. Yes. Board makers. Now, see, I have a lot of experience with board maker as a special educator because we use it all the time to whenever we're making custom worksheets for any given activity or a visual like a social story, any sort of visual guide. It's always board maker. So board maker represents a database of pictures that are meant to symbolize vocabulary to nonverbal students. Right. But it, it goes beyond just nonverbal students. It's used in many different contexts. But ultimately, what they provide is I'm able to go to Boardmaker Online, and I can pull up. If when I did the pizza video, I pull up, I type in pizza, and it comes up with a cartoon image of pizza that's formatted in in a uniform way that I can then put the pizza against the hamburger. Type in hamburger, and then it pulls up a picture of the hamburger and on and on so that I can, I can just draw from their database and create uh, a visual guide of any kind. And they're actually coming out with Boardmaker 7 very soon, and I'm really excited to get my hands on that. Mm, cool. Do you know what any of the new changes are going to be for Boardmaker 7? I, they, they're sort of keeping it pretty mysterious. They're, they're <laughs> hyping it up, so I'm excited <laughs> for it. It's, so we just kind of have to wait and see what, what's going uh, to land. Cool. Well, what I like about Boardmaker as well, and or, you know, any type of PECs, a lot of parents have asked me in the past, you know, um, I don't want my child to learn to communicate with, with pictures or with this because then they won't learn how to speak and they won't learn how to read. So any of this, you know, you can slowly fade the pictures as they learn to read and just make it a um, schedule that they read. So you know, it's just important to remember that type of thing for those families who, who are opposed to PECS or Boardmaker. Well, um, totally. Because, and I think, it's a, I think it's a very fair point. And if you think of it as if you compare it to something like training wheels, that a, a, a kid starts not being able to ride a bike, 
in that the training wheels assist them to get to riding the bike. They couldn't just skip the training wheels to get to the bike. But if you never take the training wheels off, then they're never going to learn to actually ride the bike. So it's like any good tool by itself. It's not going to really accomplish the mission. But if you follow all the way through and if the, the pictures might be the thing that sparks, especially once a student has some success expressing themselves for the first or second time with pictures, a lot of time that could be some of the motivating uh, factors that push them to then years later be willing to work at the, the speech and the words. So it could, it could be like a, a stepping stone to where you want to be. But I definitely think it's fair to say by itself, it's not going to, uh, it, could be, it can be destructive if it's not used properly. Right, of course. You know what I love about the video or your videos is, so not only are you, I think you're supporting students with um, special needs or um, who are nonverbal with autism, you know, because they're used to these symbols, but what you're also doing is you're introducing these symbols to students who may not have them or have been exposed to them are, you know, typically developing students, if you will. Um, so yep. I think that's really important. They see these board maker symbols throughout the school. I know a lot of times they'll, they'll wonder what they're there for, but they don't really <laughs> interact with them at all. They just see them. Yep. So I just, I love that part of it. And then also about your videos, I think that they will benefit all students. So we, we always come back to that universal design for learning, right? Um, yes, UDL. Yeah, you know, it's just anyone could watch your videos and learn from them. Wow. So. Well, that definitely, that, the goal would be that for anybody who wants to, especially when I made the third video, Andy's song, when I wanted to try to introduce music uh, in the way that I did, that was definitely a high priority. Yeah. Yeah. So you also have special education with Pat. That's kind of yes. your social media tagline. Um, <laughs> why is it, why do you have it? First of all, I'm assuming it's to share your knowledge and skills with others. Why okay, is that? So, why is that important for you? <laughs> yes. So. so when, when I, so now when I rewind all the way back, I made the first pizza video. Now I showed it to my, my uh, coworkers. And they loved it. They got really into it. I was like, all right, this, this really might be... Because, you know, when you, whenever you create anything, you, you always go back and forth. Is this really great or is it really terrible? <laughs> it's hard to be a good, unbiased judge. Yes. And so uh, by the time I was showing it to some people outside of my school, they, they were really getting excited and wanting more. And, and so I was like, all right, maybe there's a way that I can share this beyond just my school. So that's when I made the YouTube page in the... YouTube channel is special education with Pat. So once the YouTube channel was created to house all the videos I make going forward, I made the social media accounts an Instagram and the Facebook with the same name, special education with Pat, uh, in order to support the videos. So that like, I knew that when it came to getting, I'm in an interesting position where I'm creating videos for a demographic that typically uh, doesn't necessarily bring the, their videos up themselves. They usually, Someone right. type it in or they've had a favorite or whatever. Uh, so I have to kind of advertise to the teachers and parents more so than to the actual students because it's the teachers and parents that are the ones typically clicking, clicking the button. Mm-hmm. So the social media accounts is an, is an attempt to uh, create content to draw in 
parents and teachers to the ultimately guide them to special education with pet videos. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I really think that <laughs> you should try to pitch it to TV studios and, and get this show made. <laughs> well, that, that, that's very flattering. It, the thing is when part of the beauty of this, of the perspective I've taken with COVID-19 and me having the opportunity to make these videos and now having the summer is I have the opportunity to, to experiment and create and see, see what I can do. And if I do a good enough job, if it proves itself to be valuable over the next year or so, I believe it'll just be a matter of time until an opportunity presents itself where I could do more, something different. But even if that doesn't happen, ultimately, even in the lose the worst case scenario, I've still I know for a fact that the videos I've already made have already served students in a in a in a really meaningful way. I've heard I've heard from people all over the world even <laughs> that some of their most difficult students are able to kind of get into these videos in a way that they're not into. And I think that that has a lot to do with the fact that. Like at my school, when I walk into any given room of the students in the upstairs where all the kids know me, I'm one of the favorite teachers. It's not because I'm some amazing, I know everything. It's literally the opposite. It's that I go in to all those interactions as if this is somebody that's my friend that, yeah. that, I, that is a genuine, like on a peer level. I, I, think a I think humans in general are really good at being able to tell when someone is condescending in any way, shape, or form. And I think a lot of well-meaning people could be condescending and not even realize it. And that if, if you can view a student and, and really understand, okay, this is a human exactly like me. This has, they have all the same feelings, all, but everything about our experience can be shared, but then there's other parts that obviously can't be. And that the whole relationship becomes how, how do I bridge this gap in a way that this human understands that my goal, my priority is to support them. That, that that's that's the number one move and so that ends up making a big difference when it especially the kid that's used to getting yelled at and told hey if you keep doing this blah 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 or all that kind of nonsense <laughs> the, the kids that do that behavior they're usually the ones that will respond the least to that sort of, of correction course. yeah and so in that power struggle so i've i've developed the skill set of not engaging in power struggles very well that i've totally given it up and it, i would highly encourage everyone listening <laughs> to, to make that sacrifice and say the power struggles they're just not worth it in the moment it can seem like you're defending authority or that there's some sort of real good reason for it but ultimately nine just just listening to your energy and then watching the show with your energy that i do think that that is what makes it so good i mean i could get on there and do the same thing and it would fall completely flat um, no but, i don't think so <laughs> but for you you know you're just like hi friends it's you're you've kind of got that natural um tv host <laughs> type well, of, uh yeah go on personality. I, I definitely I accept that compliment and I appreciate it, but I will. I want to openly admit that there's a whole big part of that that is put on in order to sort of height make it as exaggerated, like yeah. especially that the opening of "Hello, my friend." Like, I would never actually, although you know, as a I'm contradicting myself. I'm sure I've already <laughs> talked like that just in this podcast. So you have. <laughs> Well, there you go. So it I, is you. I, I guess <laughs> it is me. <laughs> I guess it is me. I guess it is. Um, so to, do you have any authors or thought leaders that you recommend or you follow on social media? 
Yes, my number one man, Chris Ulmer, who runs special books by special kids. This has been my favorite uh, YouTube channel for a long time. And he interviews all different. It's the neurodiverse community of all. You have to go see for yourself to to fully represent it. But the, the idea is he gives an interview with someone with a disability that you're likely to be unfamiliar with. And he'll have a very in-depth, patient conversation with them, really allowing them to express themselves in a way that is meaningful to them. And I, that resonates with me because with autism especially, or I shouldn't even say autism, with, with mental illness, it, it's just always so different. It presents differently, and the people with a mental illness deserve to be recognized as a unique individual not in the box of their particular disability, but where the, the, their disability is part of who they are in part of how they communicate. And it's not automatically a negative thing that just because it takes longer for someone to communicate, that's not automatically bad. If, if you're willing to accept that premise, that it's, it's only because we're in a rush that we consider it bad to take a long time to say something. But ultimately, it's no less valuable just because it took longer to say. It just requires more patience. So that's ultimately the responsibility of the listener, not the speaker. And so that just his whole demeanor, the way that he executes those interviews really resonates with me. And I love you. You end up falling in love with every single uh, person that he interviews. He, get, he really gets a, a glimpse into their heart in a way that is really uh, powerful. So I'd highly recommend Special Books by Special Kids. I link him in all my uh, Special Education with Pat videos because I've used him in the classroom. You can use his videos in so many different contexts. So definitely check him out, Special Books by Special Kids. Will do. And I think that's a great way to end. So um, I'm serious when I say this. I don't think this will be the last that we hear from you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for working so hard to inspire your students and other special educators. Uh, I think we thanks can so all learn so much from teachers like you. Wow. Thanks so much, Lori. It was a pleasure to be here. An honor. Thanks so much to Senya. It was awesome. Thanks for stopping in to our Senya Happy Hour. Don't forget to head over to senyainternational.org slash podcasts and check out our show notes from our discussion today. We at Senya hope you are enjoying these podcasts. There is so much to explore and we're at the very beginning, so feel free to drop us a note. And let us know what you'd like to hear more about during your next Senya Happy Hour. Until then, cheers!